Welcome to Southern Fried Fantasy, a podcast for readers and writers, where Southern authors talk about books set in the region they call home. Book lovers beware, your TBR pile is about to get taller than high cotton. Right. Welcome back to another episode of Southern Fried Fantasy. I'm your host, Bob Magoo of Tales by Bob. And this week, I've got something special for you. Uh, normally, when I when I do these, as you've been listening so far, it's, you know, one author per episode. But uh, recently, I had the pleasure of attending a book festival in Montgomery. And uh, I had like 80 authors there and just a ton of booths and going from booth to booth, you know, talking to folks and really, you know, fishing for folks that would fit this, fit this podcast. Uh, I came upon this booth with, there was two authors that were sharing the booth and uh, they were like, Hey, we'd love to do it, but could we do it together? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm down. Let's do it. Let's, let's give it a try. So uh, this episode, we have Riley Gibson and Joanne Atchison Gray. So, uh, ladies, uh, welcome. Hi, we're glad to be here. <laughs> yeah. So let let's. Well, uh, I have kind of a, a a list of questions that I tend to ask everyone. So, uh, how about I'll ask them, and then uh, Riley, if you'll maybe uh, start off, and then Joanne, okay. you jump in. Um, but so first off. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what ties you to the South. Um, well, I was born here, raised here, lived here most of my life. Um, always, you know, central Alabama. Pretty much the same. Yeah. We've always been pretty close, never too far apart. Yeah, we're related. We're first cousins. Um, oh, so very cool. Much, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I've... I don't know. No one really springs to mind that I can think of something on my head. That's like, Oh, this is we're we're both authors in the same family. That's, that's neat. That's a, a neat uh, tie to have there. Um, and as someone who is also from central Alabama, I'm a, I'm a big fan of where you're from. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, near Tuscaloosa. Okay. Yeah. I have uh, I have family that is uh, in the, Livingston, Gainesville area, and then I'm uh, I'm from uh, a little south of Montgomery, and live a little north of Montgomery now. So, just all around each other, yeah. I like it. <laughs> so, why don't you uh, take a moment and uh, each one of y'all, what tell us about your book? Uh, kind of give us a rundown of uh, what to expect if we were to pick this book up. Okay, um, sure. My book is called The Flowers of Lemuria. It's basically a YA fantasy. Uh, it's about a 17-year-old girl named Lily who is lived in Chicago with her mother. And she loses her mom. Her mom passes away. And then she has to move to the swamps of Louisiana to live with a grandmother she's never met. And she gets there and she kind of finds out everything's, you know, a little different, that there might be some magical ties the things that are going on around her. And she then discovers like a realm called Lemuria. And uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> oh, okay. 
Well, mine is called uh, Curse of the Lady Vampire. Um, and, you know, I'm Joanne Atchison Grove. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm not good at these podcasts. Oh, um, no, no you're, you're doing just fine. This, Don't you stress it. <laughs> thank you. It's basically about two, uh, two women. They're kind of like cousins in the book. Uh, kind of, you know, it's based off of our childhood and growing up together or being so close. And they end up, well, the one, Ananiya, uh, character in the book she becomes the vampire and then she pretty much turns her friend Sophia and then she regrets turning her because they find out that there is a curse connected to to that mm. and so I can't really give a whole lot of oh, yeah. because it's got a lot of twists <laughs> and turns in this yeah book. yeah we don't we don't want spoilers so but, um, but it's based in the south from alabama uh, yeah. where it originates the actual story and you know i've never heard of another book being vampires in alabama and they're always in new orleans but we end yeah. up migrating to new orleans and migrating to paris uh but it originally you know they're they're like southern vampires i guess you could say <laughs> yeah so uh, while I was doing a little research uh, on on y'all, um, well, I have to say first off, uh, Riley, your cover is one of the most unique uh, covers that I've seen in a long time, uh, Beautiful. and it, I, there's definitely a a real trend in um, urban fantasy and whatnot currently that the covers kind of all look the same it's all it's all right. some some woman uh, with a background that shades of blues and purples and neither one of y'all have covers like that which i really appreciated you know that it, it makes makes both of y'all's uh, really stand out um and i like with uh with yours, Joanne, like it's very clear. I, I very much see, you know, Curse of Lady Vampire. We have a lady vampire on the cover. Um, with Riley, I wanted the the how did you settle on that cover? Um, um what I really wanted the cover to kind of try to tell you a story before you get into the story, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, it you know, it's definitely I wanted the I have two female characters, Rose and Lily. Um, you know, therefore they are the flowers of Lemuria. And um, I definitely wanted them represented in just different elements from the story or on the book. Um, just little tidbits that you can see kind of intrigue you to kind of tell you a story before you get into the story. Yeah. Yeah. So. It was, it's definitely, it, it was very eye catching. Um, mm -hmm. My, uh, the, the lady friend who was with me uh, as we were walking up, she was like, Oh, look at that. Um, so definitely, definitely good job, and I appreciate that both of y'all kind of, kind of bucked the bucked the curve on uh, on how these uh, these types of books are typically uh, covered. Um, and for those who are listening, like, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say my cover was pretty much uh, based off of a painting I paint, and it was based off my painting that I done. Oh, that's awesome! Similar to it. Yeah, no, I, I love that. Um, it's a person of many talents. Uh, and I, I just want to encourage folks who are listening that maybe you're thinking of getting into this genre. Like my covers of my books uh, don't look anything like the traditional urban fantasy uh, book cover. Um, but 
I think because that, I think that's helped me more than it's hurt me because, and I suspect that y'all have probably had a similar experience. Um, it makes you really stand out. Now, you know, the, the, the pros and cons there are, you know, like if someone sees a, a woman on a, on a cover of a book with a blue or purple background with some swirly magic bits, they know exactly what genre they're getting into just by sight alone. Um, so we, the three of us, we don't necessarily benefit from that. But if right. you're in, if you're in like the fans of urban fantasy uh, Facebook group and you post a link to your book there, well, everyone already knows that it's urban fantasy because you're posting it in that group. But your cover is going to stand out from kind of the sameness of the rest. So just a just a tip for those who might be listening. Um, so I want to ask, uh, as uh, as Southern women who write. Uh, books set in the South, what is an element of Southern culture that you felt was important to kind of show in your books? And how did you go about doing that? So Riley, how did, uh, what was something that you kind of worked in? Okay. So for, yeah, sure. Uh, for example, like, um, the grandmother, her name is Pearl. She's in my book and she's basically based off of several Southern women that I know. Um, and she immediately takes in this girl, Lily, no questions asked, ready to stand up for her, fight for her. And of course, you know, she wants to feed her and take care of her. Yeah. Just that immediate sense of family. You know, um, I think that is something that we share in the South. We, we want to feed you. We want to take care of you. We want to be there for you. And I think that is something that is shown right from the beginning of my story. I love that. love that. Uh, Joanne, how about you? Well, mine, I guess you could say I was basically the same as her, family-oriented. And like I said, my, my book is basically dedicated to her, to Riley Gibson, uh, because we were like side by side growing up. And so I thought when I come up with the story, it was more or less, you know, if me and her and my visual was vampires, this is how we would do it. Yeah. I love that. So I love it's that. basically family oriented and mentions Alabama because, you know, our, where we're from. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, speaking to that, like sense of family, just being willing to just like swoop in and save people. Like I, I know just like experience from me when I was growing up, uh, my sister went to church with her boyfriend at the time. And uh, it was not, it wasn't our church, went to a different church. And uh, while she was there, uh, there was a uh, young woman. Um, she was in her late teens. I can't recall exactly how old she was. She was slightly older than me at the time. And uh, she was from Northern Ireland. And I, I don't even remember now how she wound up in, in Alabama, but uh, she had come here and she had uh, on a work visa and had gotten fired. And th- she was about to get deported. If she couldn't find a job, she's about to get deported. And uh, my sister came home and was just, telling the story and my parents were like, you know what, we'll hire her to be uh, basically be a live in nanny, you know, uh, until she can get on her feet, you know, had never met, had never met this girl, um, you know, and, uh, but that story is not that unique. I mean, it happens time and time and time and time again down here. Um, I just think of how many people that, you know, their home life isn't that good. So they just start going over to their friend's house before you know it, they're, they're living with that other family just as an escape, you know? Right. So it is definitely something that, uh, 
I think, you know, the, the South has a lot of flaws, um, but it also has a lot of good. And uh, I, it's one thing to have outsiders, you know, kind of talk about that, but folks who've actually lived it and experienced it, I feel like when they write it, it comes through much more, you know, much more true. So, uh, all right. So I always like to ask, where do you get your ideas? And I know that's a very, very cliche question. And uh, so what I'm looking for is I'm not necessarily looking like, you know, I was walking, walking <laughs> home from school one day and this idea just popped in my head. Um, what, what I'm curious is, is how much of yourself do you put into these books? Uh, you know, do you draw on events from your own life? Or is this kind of, do you try and keep that separation? So I know Joanne, you were saying like, this is, this is basically the story of, of you and your cousin. Uh, if y'all were, if y'all were, I had the opportunity to become vampires. And so clearly I feel like you, you've definitely worked a lot of your own life into this. Is that the case? Um, sort of. Yeah. Yep. A lot of it is somewhat based from experiences and family and stuff like that. and. Basically, this book came to me uh, 20, what, 27 years ago, 25? Oh, wow. Like that. And I wrote the story in a notebook in seven days on my couch. Yeah. <laughs> and I held on to it. And over the years, I just played with it and added to it, tweaked it, you know. And then two years ago, I was like, well, I'm going to give it a try. And so I've had it published. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I held uh, on to it. So when people ask me, how long did it take you to write your book? Uh, 25, 27 years. <laughs> I love that. I love that. No, that that's fantastic. I, I think about uh, some of some of the stories I wrote in uh, in high school or whatnot. Those were not those are not stories that are ever going to become a book. So I just think it's so neat that, you know, you held on to the story um, and clearly you knew you had something there, you know. Yeah, I've always been fascinated with the whole vampire thing anyway. It started when I read the first Anne Rice book, yeah. Interview of the Vampire, that you, that Riley Gibson give me. And I yeah. was hooked to vampires ever since. I'm yeah. slightly a dark person anyway, but that just, I just loved it. And I've, I've been a vampire person ever since as far as. Yeah. And even today, I don't even read any other genres that much, which I will. But my favorite is more if it's, there's a vampire in it, then it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. And so I was actually reading on your book. It says that you, uh, when you were younger, you used to pretend to be a vampire. We did. We would play little fantasy things and dress up and, you know, yeah, we, a nine, we always told stories. Yeah, stories like that was the thing we did on my grandma's porch. All day, yeah. just tell stories. The biggest thing was, you know, we would act like we had had a dream, and knowing that we both did not this dream, but we would make up a dream. Yeah, <laughs> and, um, yeah, because yeah, just to fantasize. That's why I put at the my quote at the bottom where it says, "Who says your fantasies can't collide with your reality?" I've lived that way for a long time. Just you know, that's always been a quote that means something to me. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So Riley, uh, what about you? Do you work a lot of yourself into the flowers of Lemuria or was it a little more, maybe a little more separated? Um, I think 
it, well, it, this one really was, did kind of start as a dream. Um, I did have a dream about a character that was a soul reaper, Nate, in the book. Um, and then it just kind of stayed in my mind. And um, then it, you know, it just grew from there. And I think mm. you can't really write without putting um, things around you in, in there. Like your life is in there. There's people that the characters are based off of that are in my real life. Um, you know, it's, it, I just don't think you can't not put yourself yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah, no. It, and that's something that's very, to me, like, uh, you know, every author gives a slightly different answer on all these questions, you know? And, you know, I, I have talked to some authors like, no, I keep a, I, I keep, you know, the, the right, like the characters so separate from, from who I am as a person. And uh, whenever I encounter something like that, I, I'm always so fascinated. It's like, how can you do that? You know? Right. Yeah. Uh, See, for like, me, I'd have to put myself uh, like the way that I write is more like a memoir, like like I can tell you the story, like a journal diary style. And yeah. I put myself as that character, and this is how I'm feeling, and these are the memories that I'm going to remember, and how I'm going to tell it to you. That's how I write. I've just I've always done that, but I'm attempting a chapter book, but it's still going to be more of a memoir. <laughs> yeah. All right. Very cool. So. Um, have y'all used anything supernatural from Southern folklore in your novels? Um, uh, so let's start with you, Riley, on this one. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's like one of my loves. Like I love um, supernatural stories or fantasies. Uh, there's definitely some voodoo, some superstitions. Uh, one in particular I can think of. That was just an everyday thing in my life. If you hang a mirror on your front porch, it keeps the devil away because, you know, he likes to look at himself so much that he just won't come in your home, you know, and when the sun comes up, he's got to go back to hell. So, yeah. and that is just the superstition I can remember growing up and it's in my book and it's just something. My grandmother. My grandmother yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Superstitious. Yeah, I, I love catch that. myself doing the same thing today <laughs> as far as superstition. Yeah, it, yeah. I, I tell people that I'm not uh, superstitious. I'm just a little stitious. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just a little bit. Yeah. 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 No. Uh, I will pick a penny up on the ground if it's not on heads. Yeah. Because our yeah. grandmother would. Oh, she would hit us with a dish towel. <laughs> she could make a dish towel hurt. Too. Yeah. Uh, not so, want any bad luck put on her <laughs> yeah so uh joanne did uh and you know vampires aren't like you know i guess traditional southern mythology uh, although uh i think new orleans has kind of uh, made it that that way at this point um was yeah. there uh was there anything that you kind of worked in uh specific or did you kind of stick more to just the vampire genre I don't know. I've, you know, I toyed with the idea of maybe, you know, later doing paranormal um, yeah. with ghosts or spirits. And I'm fascinated with all of that stuff, basically. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe in the future I'll write some books like that, which I've got plenty of ghost stories because, you know, we yeah. live in the South. We have plenty of ghost stories. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you can't turn right. over a rock for a ghost crawl out from under it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Especially in the older homes, 
in the south, you know, you're, I mean, we could drive by and be like, oh, I wonder if it's haunted. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I love that. Um, all right. So the, the first part of the episode is kind of more geared towards the readers. And this back part, I kind of uh, it's more dedicated to uh, people who are out there listening to this. They're a writer. They want to be a writer. And so, uh, you know, kind of I, I like to show that there's no there's no right way to do this. You know, there's whatever way works for you works best. So, so let's start. What, what's kind of your writing process? Do you, do you plot your books out heavily in advance? Do you just kind of, you know, I'm just going to sit down and just start writing and see where it takes me. Um, well, we'll start with you, Joanne. I'm guessing that since, you know, 25 years of, of plotting on this book that you're, you're more on the plotting side of things. Well, um, I'm not sure. Um, like I said, it took me a week to sit down and just once a story, once I have an idea or someone can say something or, or I see something or like if I'm somewhere and something just hits me, I, it just comes out of nowhere. And then I yeah. can just go from there and I'll, you know, I guess that's my gift because you can give me one line of a movie and I'll get something totally different out of that than what you did and make a nice. whole story out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Before so, I stop. Yeah. How, as far as jumping ahead and trying to plan a book, no, I can't do that. It, it's got to come to me, and it has to me. I keep getting it, and it yeah. usually happens about two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Doesn't it though? The the, I, the number of times that I haven't written down that brilliant idea that I woke up to, uh, yes. I'd, I'd be St- I'd be Stephen King at this point if I had just written those down. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so that's usually how I write. I just it comes to me. Yeah. So what? What about you, Riley? Plot, plotter, pantser. How does it? How did? How did Flowers of Liberty uh, come to be? I, I'm definitely a pantser. Yeah. Um, I I started off and I finished probably a little over half the book before I actually uh, did an outline, which sometimes outlines are helpful. Um, definitely a pantser. And then I like to hang up boards. I will do, it looks kind of like a murder mystery going on. I will do little post-its with rope, with, you know, with the string or different things yeah. like that, just to kind of help me focal, you know, my focus point and help me visualize. So I can kind of, um, it just, you know, I write until something doesn't work anymore. And then I try something different yeah. <laughs> just to get through it. But most of it, yeah, but. Well, I think that's maybe that's, a little mix, maybe. Yeah, I, no, yeah. That, and that's the thing, you know. There's no, there's no like me. I, I tell people that I'm about, uh, I'm about ninety percent pantser, ten percent plotter. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if I if I'm writing something like novel length, I, I tend to, you know, I'll make a spreadsheet and each right. row I'll put like a sentence and each like each row is a chapter and I'll put a sentence or two, and that's enough for me. It kind of gives me the freedom that I can pants it, but I kind of know where I'm going. And, um, and that's the thing is like, you know, the fact that you like you pants the first half of it and they're like, well, you know what? Uh, I've got it to a point where now I think I need a little more outlining. And that's the thing, guys, just experiment. You know, if you're stuck, like if you've been trying to write this book and trying to write this book and trying to write this book and nothing's happening, maybe change things up. Maybe, you know, if you thinking like, oh, I'm just like seat of my pants in this, well, maybe try an outline or maybe, you know, if you're one of those people that 
outlines and plots to the nth degree, maybe you throw that outline out for a little bit and just just write what comes, you know? Just don't don't be afraid to shake things up. Plan the whole story out in my head. I pretty much know what it's going to happen. I already know the ending in my head. And then I'll just start writing it in a notebook before I actually go on the computer and start typing. And then I just add to it as I'm typing it out and it gets bigger and bigger. Yeah. That's pretty much the way that I write. Like, I, I say, for instance, if Jack, Jack, or Met Sally, or you know, whatever, I can go from that and build a story in my head just talking about it. And then next thing you know, I'm writing it down in a notebook and then I type it out and then I've got a story and I just pretty much go from there. I don't think I've ever really did an outline. Yeah. That's Maybe the thing. I should. It'd probably be better, but. <laughs> well, no, um, but here's the thing you know, you might try that, do an outline, and then you know, not having the freedom, you know, it may, it may stifle your creativity, you know, it might make it better. It might hurt. You know, that's the thing. There's no, there's no one right way to write a novel. So uh, mm-hmm. if you, 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 you got a system that got you a novel in print, um, you're doing better than 99% of the other authors out there, you know? So but I did kind of create the outline for the new book that I'm working on. It, it'll be out maybe hopefully two years if I'll get it finished. <laughs> yep. It will be a novel. It'll be a vampire tragedy, but oh, it's going to be a good one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Something to look forward to. All right. And also, let me throw this out there. Curse of a Lady Vampire has a second edition coming out in a few months. It'll be I on saw the that. Market in a few months. Okay. Yeah, I saw that. So, all right. People listening. To this, you know, maybe they're a writer that's kind of they're struggling to get into getting that book done. If you if you had to give them a bit of advice, what would be kind of your go to advice? So, Riley, why don't you start us out on this one? Um, I would say just keep writing. Um, you just got to keep going. You got to be persistent, no matter how long it takes you. Um, you know, you can't edit a blank page, is what I was always told. So, if there's nothing there. You don't have anything to work with. So something's better than nothing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, Joanne, you got, you got a nugget to impart? Well, like I said, you know, I did uh, take many years to do anything with this. Story. Um, and the reason that I finally just started finished writing it and or whatever, you know, and getting it done basically is I had a famous author. I won't say who, but emailed me. And I just took a chance and emailed this person and they emailed me back. They answered me, which I was shocked. And they pretty much told me to, no matter how silly or crazy you think that you write, because, you know, most, most authors, when they're writing their own stuff, sometimes you're like, or like I do, I feel like this is cheesy, you know. And I go back and forth sometimes. Oh, this is good. And the next time I know. This, yeah, this, this was cheesy. This or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you criticize your own self sometimes when you're writing. But she or this author pretty much told me to just write. Just start putting it on paper and see where it goes. And ever since I heard that, that's what I do. Yeah. And so if someone is wanting to write, just start writing. It doesn't matter what pops in your head or just write it. Yeah. And you can go from there because I promise it's not going to be cheesy because it's what you thought of. Exactly. Um, exactly. That's the thing. Uh, I, I, 
I was at a dragon con and uh, at one of the writing panels and uh, there was a, uh, a famous author who, whenever I tell the story, I can never remember his name. And as soon as I stop recording, it'll, it'll come to me. Um, but uh, he's written, you know, like over a hundred novels at this point, a lot of uh, uh, adaptations of movies and standalone stuff. Like he knows what he's doing. Um, and he, he talked about how, you know, ideas don't matter it's execution you know uh that he once uh sent submitted a story about a time traveling cat and <laughs> when he got that month's magazine in someone else had they just published a story about a time traveling cat and he was like oh well great but well, they won't publish mine because they just did one about a time traveling cat but they did publish his story because while, yes, at its core, they were two stories about time-traveling cats, they were very, very different. They, the execution was very different. And as long as the execution is done well, it doesn't matter. So, and that's the thing. Like, you know, every idea is cheesy to somebody, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, as long as you execute it well, it's not going to come out cheesy. You know, like, it, you know, it, it's all about the execution. Just to have faith in yourself and just, just take the plunge, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, all right. So this is, I, I have a degree in music industry and, uh, it's making me loads of money as you can tell. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, I, I always like to ask when you write, do you play music? And if so, what? Joanne, do you want to start us off on this one? Oh, me? So what do you mean? Like while we're typing? Yeah. Yeah. Do you yeah, anytime you're writing, do you, do you listen to music? I can't. I have yeah. to have it quiet whenever uh-huh. I'm writing, like dead silence. <laughs> like it has to be dead silent when I'm writing. Yeah. Um, because my, I guess I'm so imaginative in my head that I can't, I'll lose focus because when the music, I'm such a big music person anyway, but when music yeah. plays, I get into the music and I can't <laughs> write. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I, I get that. I have to have like, I'm a one track focused person. Like I have to, you know, but I'm a very big music buff. Like mm-hmm. I love music. Yeah. Um, when we were little, we used to write songs, but we lost them all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, uh, Riley, I have how about to you? have a one track mind and have it very quiet or go somewhere to be by myself when I write. Yeah. That's just the way that I am. Yeah. No. I- do. I do listen to music. Um, sometimes it depends on like what kind of mood I want to be in. Um, and it's, it's just different types. I know with the, the Flowers of Lemuria, when I was writing Nate, I used to listen to a lot of Harry Styles. Um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it just kind of set the mind, the tone for that. Um, and just different things. Like I, I, I like Sam Cooke, Etta James, have a soulful yeah. tune um yeah and, and then i have to throw in my 80s bon jovi every once in a while just yeah. to i gotta have that nice yeah, it's, little ballad it just depends on what i'm writing and what mood i want to set so i yeah. do do incorporate music with that yeah but like that annie lennox love song for a vampire i love weird vampire songs <laughs> yeah uh wh- one of my favorite i don't know if you've heard it but this is my go-to vampire song is uh uh uh, it's, the band is Concrete Blonde, and uh, mm-hmm. oh well, why can uh, uh, Bloodletting is the name of the song. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's called like 
like bloodletting in parentheses i think it's called literally literally the vampire song um it's real good it's got that kind of soul it's kind of sultry new orleans style vibe to it i guess so i like the the, what is that if i was your vampire the marilyn manson song that's a good one (laughs) yeah so i I think it's neat how i mean y'all are clearly very close grew up together uh both become authors but you both i think it's neat how you like even though coming out of the same background uh how different uh in a lot of ways y'all are you know like i ha- i listen to music i can't listen to music you know right. uh, st- <laughs> stuff like that, you know stuff like that yeah. i think it i think it's i think it's neat and it, i think it just further shows you know um however whatever gets the words on page is the right way so um so i had the the pleasure of getting uh uh, mentored by a hero of mine named John Harkness. And he talked uh, about how no matter how quickly he writes, he cannot keep up with how fast people read. So because okay. of that, uh, authors should always be helping each other out, promoting each other, things like that. So I, I want to ask, who is an author hero of yours? And then who is an author that you think we should be checking out that maybe we aren't? So Riley, how about you start us off? Okay, so I don't know if I actually have like a writer hero. Um, I know I found the love of reading and storytelling uh, from To Kill a Mockingbird, Harper Lee. Um, yeah. I know it's kind of an older one, but my fourth grade teacher read that to the class and I was hooked. Um, yeah, that is a great and book. And, you know, right, it is. And, you know, I loved like Fanny Flagg. Everybody likes Fried Green Tomatoes. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I've read some of her stuff know, as well. And then, of course, you know, I have other, like, authors, like, um, that, like, John Grisham, Stephen King, uh, and then there's Cassandra Clare, who writes, you know, the City of Bones. I love yeah. that series. Yeah. Um, it's just, a, there's a lot. I don't know if I particularly have one. Um, yeah. You know, I hear stories about people writing books on, like, Wattpad and getting published and then I want to check that out to see what that's like you know yeah so um yeah and then I recently started reading when we went to that event in Montgomery I found an yeah. author there that I just recently started reading um and it's kind of like a YA probably based on witches and uh-huh. her name is um I don't know if I'm saying it right but it's MK Mencos or yeah. Kathleen Scott um uh-huh. I think she writes under both names and she's she's pretty good so that's what I'm reading right now Okay. Awesome. I think I emailed her. Okay. Um, and so I just I haven't got a response back yet. Authors so. down there that I'm reading their books that I purchased while I was down there. Yeah. Like it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's a wide, it's pretty good. I was uh, pleasantly surprised. I love it when I find a good book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh, vampire set that I bought down there was really good. But I can't remember her name now. Yeah. <laughs> I should have wrote it down. Yeah. Uh, so, Joanne, what about you? Uh, I know you mentioned Anne Rice earlier. Oh, uh, that's um, pretty much it. I was a Anne Rice fan, especially the Vampire Chronicles and the Witch Chronicles that she had. I would read yeah. them over. And I think I own pretty much every book she ever written. Um, yeah. She was my biggest, biggest inspiration. She really was. And, um, and I guess the other set of books that I got into before I was actually reading Anne Rice, like I said, Riley Gibson got me started on Anne Rice yeah. uh, when she handed me an interview with a vampire in paperback. You remember? Mm-hmm. And I read that and I was hooked from there. 
Uh, but the one that actually inspired me to become to read more was Victoria Holt books, the little mystery books. Uh-huh. I, I still love those. I yeah. love Victoria Holt. Okay. I love her style of writing. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, so uh, before we get out of here, why don't you tell us where can we find you and where can we find your books? Um, Joanne, why don't you start us off here? Okay. Um, I'm, I have a Facebook, Joanne Atchison Gray, and then I have a Facebook page of Curse of a Lady Vampire. Um, mm-hmm. You can find me by my name on uh, Instagram and I'm on TikTok, Snapchat, Twitter, uh, pretty much all of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I a lot of great communities there. Off- uh, sell books on uh, Poshmark as well. I sell more books on there. Uh, pretty much, I mean, it's my books available online everywhere: Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Walmart, Durant's Publishing, uh, yeah. Books a Million, etc. You know, it's everywhere online. Yeah, I like it. All right, and Riley, how about you? Uh, yeah, my book is basically available online just about everywhere. Amazon, Walmart, Target, Barnes & Noble. Um, I have a website. It's www.rileygibson.com. Um, that has a link to all my social media and everywhere the book is sold. Awesome. All right. Well, ladies, this was this was a blast. I loved having both of y'all at the same time. I think it worked really well. And uh, I, I tell, uh, I've told everyone that the, uh, the plan is hopefully sometime next year that uh, we'll do follow-up uh, episodes where they won't be as long, but where I just kind of check, you know, check in with y'all, see if, you know, there's a new book out, just kind of see how uh-huh. things are going. So uh, hopefully we'll be able to get some schedules synced up and bring y'all back on. So, um, well, ladies, uh, thank y'all for coming on. And uh, all right, y'all, till next time, y'all be good. taking the time to check out another exciting episode of Southern Fried Fantasy. If you would, you know the drill. Give us a like, subscribe, follow, all that jazz. We'll appreciate you. Until next time, y'all. is part of the Tales by Bob network. To see all our great shows, go to talesbybob.com.